0: Ever wondered what secrets lie beneath our oceans and what concealed artefacts might reveal about our maritime past? This is Life Solved, the research podcast from the University of Portsmouth. In this series, we're exploring how breakthroughs here are changing our world today and in the future. This time, we explore how raising the secrets of the sea can build detailed stories of past societies and cultures. Today we meet Dr Anne Coates, a reader in maritime heritage in the School of Civil Engineering at the University of Portsmouth. She is heading a cutting-edge project to investigate shipwrecks around the UK coastline, referred to as Unpath.
1: It's actually unpathed waters, and it comes from a quote from Shakespeare's A Winter's Tale, to unpathed waters, undreamed shores. So it represents a journey and a navigation that we're going on and we don't exactly know where we'll end up. Part of a 14.5
0: million UK-wide project, UNPATH is invested in pulling all the threads of maritime history together, from social history and ship construction through to military history and genetic evidence. And once these threads are combined, they are set to become an exciting digital resource to enhance everyone's understanding of our seas and their history. It's hard to deny, as it stands,
1: that there's a big maritime-shaped hole in the UK's history resources. There is a huge gap because while there are lots of databases and lots of collections, they're not joined together. and that's holding up research because researchers can't put in a couple of keywords and get everything they need. And also it's because Britain has such a rich maritime past that we have got so much heritage. So it's a big gap between what's potentially available and what we can at the moment access. So this project and Unpath Water's is £2.9 million. So we're one of the five towards the National Collection grantees.
0: Anne fell in love with Portsmouth whilst doing a master's degree in history.
1: While I was doing my project, I realised that Portsmouth Dockyard was key to everything in Portsmouth. It had made Portsmouth, you know, a borough as opposed to a little fishing town. And the reason why It was so suitable for a dockyard as its geography, its geology, its position on the south coast. It's even its climate because the prevailing winds come up the channel. The Isle of Wight protects Portsmouth and Portsmouth Harbour. So it's a safe anchorage plus the spithead and other anchorages. And all the woodland around in Hampshire into the new forest provided the material which could be brought by sea. So Portsmouth was a perfect place, and the Romans recognised this 2,000 years ago. And
0: whilst visitors to the city are spoilt for choice for museums and exhibits that explore our maritime past, historians are itching to give the public a deeper understanding of our waters. Unpath, short for the Unpathed Waters Project, has various elements engaging researchers from a wide range of disciplines. It all begins by building upon existing maritime research, and making it accessible to more people through the latest technology. There are specialist groups exploring people, landscapes and the science of the sea, and others are designing exciting and immersive ways of engaging the public with this research, whether it's through museums, exhibitions or experiences. The hope is that we can build up a more detailed picture of ships, shipwrecks and our history that everyone can understand and engage with. Some of that work has already begun, starting with Portsmouth's most famous vessel.
1: Obviously, Mary Rose is the most fascinating shipwreck. And it's not only in a museum, but bits of the Mary Rose are still out in the Solent. So it's both a protected wreck and it's a displayed wreck. And then we have Holland 1 and 5, which are submarines. So Holland 1 is in the Gosport Museum. Holland 5 is out in the Channel. Holland 5 is still sunk, and apparently its hull is still in good condition. So the idea is that scans can be made of the Holland out of the water and the Holland under the water, and they can be combined. So those combined scans can be used for interpreting the submarine, you know, the the earliest submarines that the Navy had. And
0: further out from the Portsmouth coast, the elements have been bad news for many ships over the years, but have provided a rich seam for maritime historians to gather information about the past. Anne explained how they're studying shipwreck hotspots to
1: find stories that reveal more about society and cultures of the time. Some of the wrecks that we're looking at are around the Needles. The Needles is at the western extremity of the Isle of Wight, and the winds come up from the southwest, so there are two channels around the Isle of Wight that you can come up, a very narrow channel, from the west, or you can come round the Isle of Wight and then come into Portsmouth from the east. But in fact, both channels are quite dangerous in storms because you've got a rocky coast, especially at the Needles, and there are lots of sandbanks, so ships can get caught on sandbanks. In 1947, a Greek cargo ship got caught on the rocks 100 yards from the Needles lighthouse, and The captain tried to get the ship off, but eventually the rescue boat from Yarmouth took off the crew, took them to the Isle of Wight, and they were immediately put up in a local pub and given clothes. It grabbed the imagination locally, you know, because it went on for a few days, the rescue. And one of our colleagues, Dr. Anthony Firth in the Unpath Waters, he's shown how wrecks can join people together by linking places where the ship was built, places where they were sunk, places where they sailed. And so you can put together quite a complex experience of the ship, which brings people into it.
0: Dr. Anthony Firth is just one of a number of experts from different disciplines collaborating on the project, and that's why it's so exciting. Anne told us how researchers of varied backgrounds are bringing knowledge and expertise to make sense of historical data.
1: Gary Scarlett has had a decade of working with Mary Rose artifacts. So he's a DNA biologist, geneticist. So he's studied the bones as well as the animal bones and the fish bones, which have come up from Mary Rose. So a way of life can be reconstructed, you know, their diet how old they were, how they've been able to identify the archer and the carpenter, either from physical evidence of their bodies or where they were found on the ship. They even found the dog. So he's got a great experience of interpreting what's been found here. And then Claire Bailey Ross is experienced in digitally interpreting files, visualizations, to help students. I'm more of a traditional historian, so my knowledge is within the archives. So myself and Dr. Karen McBride, we will be looking at how far you can take the digital records so we can track down the ships and where it stops. So then we have to go into the actual archives To take the story forward.
0: So the research element of the project is just part one, with another four stages to follow to make it the immersive and accessible resource it promises to be. Anne broke this big picture down for us.
1: Work package two is transforming accessibility. So that's where AI comes into it. So they have to, from their expertise, they have to put the key searches into you know, to run searches, to come up with whatever information is out there. A lot of information might be sort of hidden. You know, it depends how you put the keywords in. They're the technological people. The aim is to reveal as much of what is in a database as possible. And part of what we're doing as a project is making sure that we're educating people that are actually doing research to log their research into a database somewhere so that it can be found. Work Package 3.1, People and the Sea, which is the project I'm leading, is People and the Sea. So there are two other research mini parts of the program. There's Lands Beneath the Sea, which is to do with the prehistoric landscapes under the North Sea. And there's People and Science and the Sea which is mostly to do with the Irish Sea and Jitbrex in the Irish Sea. So we will be testing our sort of ideas about how to expand our knowledge. And then Work Package 4 is designing, connecting and immersing, and they will be creating an immersive, which is an interactive digital program. And then what Package 5 is engaging audiences, so it's making sure that we deal with our audiences in the best possible way so they're comfortable with whatever we're doing and it's all protected ethically. And finally, management, so management sort of keep us all in line. The
0: ultimate goal of the project is to bring to life the dramatic stories of shipwrecks in our past for everyone, evolving the learning experience through the technology that new generations of curious minds are embracing. Why read about a shipwreck on museum signage when you can swim through it with AI instead?
1: I think it's the excitement of them. It's the drama of them being sunk, the drama of people losing their lives, the drama of the archaeology itself, because the archaeologists are driven to try and, if not bring up artefacts, at least to try to discover from the ship what it was and why it sunk. But a shipwreck is a different world. You know, it takes people off the land into a completely different world. And it's also the means of scientific investigation because if it's sunk in suitable environment, in other words, in silt or like endurance in very, very cold water, then the ship, the organic parts of the ship have remained. So we have physical evidence of ship design ship construction that we might not have on land because all the ships of that era have either been destroyed or they don't exist.
0: Anne's own historical knowledge of the local area demonstrates just how many stories there are to tell from the south coast of England.
1: There was a ship called the Kampen, which was a Dutch East India company ship, part of Seven, that were going to the East Indies. And this is also an example of how this particular area has lots of shipwrecks because A, the channel is a very busy shipping route and B, Portsmouth Harbour had lots of ship movements because it was a harbour so the navy was coming in and out. So anyway, this convoy of seven Dutch East India Company ships tried to come round the Isle of Wight from the western route and encountered the needles. Now, six of them survived, although one had a hole. But Campen, this is in 1627, it got stuck right on the needles, on one of the stacks, and sunk. But it was a very rich cargo. It had lead, gold coins, and cannons. Because, like us, the Dutch East India Company had to take money out to the East Indies to buy the goods that they were going to bring back. And at the time, a diver recovered seven cannon, lots, you know, thousands of coins, and some lead. So, you know, at that early stage, you know, there was salvage going on. Imagine that story being brought to life in a museum exhibit.
0: Quite a thought. A project like Unpath requires a lot of collaboration across the country and beyond. And it all starts with archived documents which aren't as easily accessible as you might imagine for a variety of reasons.
1: The main collections would be the National Archives in Kew or the British Library or the National Maritime Museum at Greenwich. But there are collections everywhere. There's the UK Hydrographic Office down in Taunton. There are collections in Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales and there are lots of private collections. And while there are a lot of digital catalogs, so you can go so far and you can find out where something might be that you want to find out about, you have to then go to the archive and see the actual document. We're trying to find out by testing with smaller collections what are the issues that prevent more documents being available digitally. Now, obviously, the main reason is money, because it takes money to digitise a document and the National Mm -hmm. Archives has got millions and millions of documents. But also there are paywalls set up by some organisations like British History Online, which has a really, really good set of online databases, but some of them you have to pay an extra subscription. So there are technological issues, financial issues and ownership issues. So we're trying to pinpoint all these issues and identify where some of these might be able to be redressed, but where the bigger issues that require money, you know, categorise what exactly it will take to make them publicly available.
0: Once those hurdles have been overcome and the digital data is compiled, Artificial intelligence comes in to bring that data to life for modern audiences.
1: It's extended reality and virtual reality which are the new ways of interpreting the scans and the data that we can find and we can put together. So it's bringing a lot of data together and then interpreting it in ways that people can experience in different ways, which is exciting. Whilst £2.9
0: million for UnPath and a national budget of £14.5 million might sound like a lot of money, Anne says this incredibly worthwhile investment will benefit the whole of the country and museum visitors from around the world rather than being ring-fenced within the academic community.
1: We can make the whole presentation of maritime history more engaging for everybody because only 50% of people in the UK go to museums, so we need to reach the other 50% because they're paying for the research through their taxes or through their lottery tickets. So it's only fair that everybody has the chance to experience the excitement that we do. Very few of us can actually go on a shipwreck anyway, because we don't have the skills to be an undersea diver. So by having different visualisations and sound records of the wrecks, because we also want to engage with blind and partially sighted people so there are ways in which they can experience the wrecks more vividly without being able to see them so there's all sorts of digital ways in which a wreck can be brought to everybody who can't physically go But it's also a way of improving well-being because a wreck reinforces a sense of place and if someone's isolated then Joining in an activity which is giving you a sense of place can help with your feeling of isolation. And it's another way of giving you an interest in what's around you.
0: Thanks to Anne and the team, more and more stories that might have sat forever at the bottom of the sea will now be seen and heard. The Unpathed Waters Project is a leading example of different disciplines working together to create a digital resource, widening our knowledge of the coastline of the UK. By highlighting and celebrating stories of our past and deepening public understanding of our maritime heritage, we can inspire future generations of research and museum goers for years to come. Thanks for joining us for Life Solved. If you want to find out more about research at the University of Portsmouth, go to the website port.ac.uk We'll be back next Thursday with another story of how work that's happening here is changing all of our lives for good. Catch you then.